Welcome to Pod to Nowhere, a weekly podcast with no preset agenda. We set sail for nowhere and see where we end up. So tune in to see where we end up on this episode. What's up, Pod? On this episode, I had my college roommate and friend Landon on, where we talked about Drake making songs with TikTok, trading sports cards similar to the stock market, and I put Landon's feet to the fire asking, did he really miss having me as a roommate or was it a lie? Without further ado, let's get into the episode. So I actually get get into it. I'm gonna, you know, put you on put you on the record. We haven't been roommates in, in a while, so you've had time to think about it. Do you miss having me as a roommate? Of course. I mean, I I don't miss being married to my wife and you know having my wife as a permanent roommate now. But um, I do think often about Overstreet and you know me and Reed obviously living in the same town, talk about it frequently. But uh, yeah, living with you, John Walker, Jackson, Reed, uh, Will Harris for a time, Matt Mosley for a time. Uh, was just a blast, and um, you know, I, I always think about that. And uh, uh, you know, I tweeted you the other day about thinking uh, you looking at your phone and cracking up laughing, and me still trying to, you know, <laughs> random stuff like that will just pop in my head. But uh, yeah, absolutely, I, I would have enjoyed doing that in Dallas had I actually moved out there. Yeah, you broke my heart, but it, you know what. It, I, I'm glad that it worked out the way it did because obviously, you know, you're married now. Things are going great for you, but that broke my heart because one, I mean, I, I did, you know, like cherish the time we were as roommates. And the second that, because I mean, the whole thing, how that even happened was I just texted you randomly just to see, you know, what was going on, how you were doing. And you were kind of, you know, telling me you were in grad school online and like, you know, working a part-time job. And I was like, I can give Landon a full-time job here in Dallas. Um, and I was like, we're just going to see how it goes. And then, I mean, long story short, you ended up getting an offer. But, um, yeah, it would have been would have been real interesting to see. So, I guess going, you know, back on the topic of West Bend roommates, what, what do you think is the craziest story that happened in that house while we were roommates? Man, I can think of two. <laughs> Uh, the, the time we had the, the boxing matches at our house. And I know you were not very thrilled about this, uh, I wasn't. <laughs> because, you know, you were yeah, a full-time working person, uh, living in a house with a, a bunch of college students and, uh, out of nowhere, all these people come over and, you know, we tracked mud into your room and <laughs> we're climbing on the roof to watch people, uh, I guess it was legal. It'll, I don't know if it was illegal. I'm just going to go off the record and say. We I were, think the jury's still out on that one. The jury's still out. Okay. So regardless, <laughs> uh, a crazy um, experience was um, out of nowhere, probably within a span of like an hour, everything just bust wide open. And we have four um, – <laughs> boxing fights going on in our back porch um with a makeshift boxing arena and then 
I don't even know if I can talk about the other one, but the the car accident that happened right in front of Oh, dude, I completely forgot about that. That that one and unfortunately, <laughs> I was asleep and not in the living room for that one, but uh, you know, I just I, I don't see how you missed it because I also was upstairs in the bed and I'm pretty sure I had gone to sleep. I don't know if I wasn't feeling because I mean, it was it wasn't late, so it was unusual for me to be asleep that early i just maybe because my room faced that side of the street so i heard it um but i just remember waking up and i'm hearing a bunch of chatter outside the house i'm like what is going on and i you know being curious get up out of the bed and i walk to the window and i look out of the window and i just see a car in our front yard like <laughs> and i'm like Okay, I have to go downstairs now. But it was really funny about that. I think the best part of that was um, getting introduced to the neighbor than the situation itself. Because the situation was crazy. Oh, I still man. don't understand she was how really that crazy. car, how that car got from like where where it started to like where it ended up. And it like there was some skid marks, but it was like did the car jump there, like. How did it get there? But I think, you know, getting introduced to our neighbor was like the best part because. No, it was great because we had a, we had a working relationship after that. We, because there was that other um, moment in our neighborhood where that same Jeep was going around stealing stuff in people's yards and she she was in on helping us try and find out who it was. And, you know, we had, you know, pre-military Will trying to go after him with his, AK-47, whatever he had, <laughs> and showing us how to use his guns to try and fight. You know, it, it was just, you know, dominoes falling on that one. But, you no, know, that was that was a good thing right there. That was hilarious, um, even though <laughs> whoever's car that was got destroyed. Um, but it, I was asleep at that same time when that all happened, and I'm on the opposite side of the house, closer to the backyard, you know, away from the street, and legit, you're going to think I'm sounding like an idiot saying this, but I thought it was like thunder, like lightning struck. And I thought it was thunder for how loud it was because SJ was sleeping on the bed with me at that time. And he popped straight up like, wow, that was really loud. I was like, just calm down, SJ. Nothing happened. And then I hear all that chatter with Reed coming in. <laughs> like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> that was actually, okay, you kind of you kind of track my memory a little bit. That was actually what woke me up. I didn't hear, <laughs> I actually didn't hear the original impact. What I heard was somebody bursting in the house, and there was like, oh, Lord. And I was like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> and then, sure enough, like, and you know, I would, I would fully expect that from me. I wouldn't expect that kind of reaction from Reed, but sometimes emotionally no that was out of reed's character that i would have expected more from from you on that one (laughs) or john walker maybe (laughs) so just just imagine you know if reed elevated to that kind of level of dramatics just imagine where i would have been on the scale if i would have witnessed the impact ratchet times 10 (laughs) (laughs) i think the person would have stopped to pull over to see if i was okay and i wasn't even involved in the accident (laughs) You wouldn't have come in the house. You would have just went straight to the ground. <laughs> I'm convinced. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but speaking of SJ, so, you know, you've had your house for, how long have you been a homeowner? 
Um, actually, I'm glad you asked because literally our um, our mortgage lender just sent us a, a happy anniversary card. So it was just the other day that we we closed. It was March 18th, actually, my, my birthday that we closed or that we um, struck a deal on it and we closed. Man. It would have been a year to the day, I think yesterday or two days ago. Uh, the first day I moved in was... Uh, April 20, I want to say it was the 28th or 29th or something like that. So it's, it's been a good ride so far. We, we enjoy it. We don't really have any plans of leaving anytime soon. So until I can find y'all both a job in Dallas, shoot, if the pay raise is there. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've been a homeowner for over a year. You've been married for almost a year. Do you think it's time to get a dog now? Because I feel like you and SJ did have a connection um, that I didn't have originally with SJ for personal reasons. But, you know, we slowly but surely became best friends. No, but you... I feel like SJ always kind of tracked along with you. Whenever he would come upstairs and he had an option to either go left or go right, his preference was to go left. But if I was the only one upstairs, he was like, I guess I'll go sit with John. No, he, I think he understood from the very beginning. He was like, this person does not like me, but you know, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to, I'm going to get to him one of these days. And, uh, every once in a while I'll catch you, you know, sitting at home with that shit, with that shit cuddled up (laughs) next to you. Like John, you guys men, you know, your relationship there, you know, you and SJ cool now, you know, (laughs) but it was uh, a love hate relationship. It was to to the max, and I think part of that had to do with his previous owner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no further comment on that, but it's it's really funny that you you ask about getting a dog because you know Abby and I we, we had talked about it from the get go, but we didn't want to do anything like too soon, and you obviously had to have like the perfect timing to to buy one. You know, you got to spend a lot of time with it and train and it, all that kind of time. stuff. And seriously, what better time than on uh, unnamed coronavirus that we're going on with right now? But um, we actually just today put a deposit down on one, and we will be getting one here in the next six um, six to seven weeks. I think is is uh, I think May twenty eighth was the date they said we could uh, pick her up and take her home. So yeah, we're we're uh, we're ready for that right now. So no children. No children, dog but parents. we'll be dog parents. So, Dude, wait. So you know what kind of dog it is, and obviously you said she, so you know it's going to be a female. Dog. We know exactly. Yeah, we we haven't chose the exact one. We we know that it's going to be a, a, a she dog, and uh, it's going to be a a like a red apricot golden doodle. So we're we're dropping a little bit of cash oh, on it. Okay. Uh, but it's it's at my wife's preference to uh, to not have a dog that sheds. So we're, we're rolling with the golden doodle there. Do do you have a name figured out yet? Not a hundred percent, but we're Lu- Lucy is in the lead right now for for best name. So I gotta mean, have it. Yeah, gotta have yeah, another LT in the house. <laughs> Lucy Thomas, right? Yeah. So I guess you know, speaking on having a lot of free time in your hands, like what are you what are you doing to feel feel your free time? When oh man, working. I, yeah, I still work eight hours a day. I got, and it, and it looks so ratchet right now with it. Um, <laughs> I've got a full desktop computer sitting on top of my kitchen counter right now, and it just looks so out of place. 
but that was the best place or the only place I could put it without um, unplugging my router and everything. And you know me, I'm not a, uh, a tech whiz or anything like that. So literally working on a desktop computer in the middle of the kitchen uh, looks about the goofiest you could possibly make it look. But that, that's eight hours a day. I got more time to work in the yard now and my grass grows at, you know, magic beanstalk um, speed right now. So I feel like I mow it at least once every week. Um, and then been doing a lot of YouTube browsing uh, with it being March Madness last month. Uh, it was uh, a lot of reminiscing and then uh, a lot of eBay watching, a lot of uh, sport card investing a couple of uh, binge watch television shows, Uh, you know, Manifest was one we caught up on and then Ozark uh, was just recently released. So that was definitely a lot of fun uh, to, to fulfill, you know, season three coming out recently. So I actually hear a lot of people talk about Ozark. Um, I've never watched it. I've only seen the thumbnails and maybe the trailer. How would you, Explain Ozark to somebody who didn't know anything about it and why should I watch it? Without trying to get, you know, without trying to do some spoilers or anything like that, it'd be tough. But, um, you know, it's the, for the most part, the theme of it is, um, you know, the cartel, the mob and um, laundering money for those two groups. And, um, you know, guy gets himself and his family into a tough situation. They used to live in Chicago he was a, a public accountant and a really good one too. And because of the situation they were in, he, he had to make a, you know, he's either going to die or had to make a deal with the, uh, the cartel. So they moved to Ozark, get away from Chicago. And, um, you know, they just run a business and, and launder money through that business uh, to basically fight for their lives for it. So, uh, you know, first season kind of, I guess introduces everything and they uh, basically put them in place. Season two kind of extends off of it. Season three takes some major twists and turns. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely worth, you know, binging. If you got 10 hours on a weekend or something like that. Um, I have 10 hours every day, 10 hours. Everybody's got 10 hours every day now. So, um, no, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. You know, I'm a business major, you know, have my MBA and everything. So I'm interested in the, you know, the, the business side of it and the finance side of it that he runs. And, uh, um, obviously there's a lot of crime involved and, you know, FBI stuff. I know that, I know that you're a big fan of the FBI stuff. So, um, that, that's two pieces of the puzzle for you. I, I know a lot of people who don't have any interest in any of that, uh, just enjoy, you know, the thrilling aspect of it. And it definitely brings that kick to it. So. I think you you may have sold me on it. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm working on my sales skills, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting better there. Trying trying to get there. So, <laughs> so speaking of sales, you work in insurance. Are you are you thinking you're going to stick with that long term, or are you looking to maybe change up? And this not me trying to sell you on a pyramid scheme. I'm, <laughs> I'm just genuinely wanting to know. Well, you know, I, I'm not in sales. I mean, in a way, I have to sell you know things for for customers, but not like a product. It's more of like uh, retention, um, you know, being a, a service uh, for people. But you know, it's it's pretty. You know, life insurance, especially, 
it's pretty simple. Uh, it doesn't get too complex. I enjoy, you know, the, um, the, the necessity, I guess that it brings. Um, and I like the company I work for too. Uh, that's two things that are, you know, really hard to, um, I guess hard for most people to get is having a company that cares for you and you, you feel, I guess, needed or wanted, um, to be there every day. And then having a, a product that means so much to, to literally anybody, um, is also a, a pretty big sell for me to stay in, and maybe not, you know, definitely not in the same position, maybe not in the same department that I work in, but, uh, the company, uh, has a lot to do with aspirations of sticking around long-term. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I definitely, um, and especially more recently, know how it feels when you are on the other side of it and you you somewhat enjoy what you do, but that, you know, enjoyment and, and happiness from it is kind of robbed from you when you don't enjoy where you work or who you work for. Right. Um, and, you know, I've been in that situation 10 times over at this point, and I think I'm finally at a point now where I actually do like where and who I work for. Um, so that's always a plus. And I mean, the pay doesn't hurt either, but I'm, you know, kind of in the same position. I've always kind of teetered around, you know, the business industry. I've done, um, you know, like management, I've done HR, I've done some finance stuff. You've done everything an MBA will offer you. (laughs) Yeah. I've done some marketing stuff. So at this point, but most of it has always been surface level because I've always been, you know, entry level, just kind of being, being the right hand to somebody else who does more in-depth work. But now, you know, I'm like at a much deeper level of finance and it's turning out luckily to be everything that I hoped that it would be, um, especially on the corporate finance side of it. And so I think I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. And I think, you know, working in a banking industry and being in love with finance uh, only has upside. So I'm, you know, kind of really excited about that. But, you know, speaking about, you know, investing, the investing side of it. So you are, I, w- I would consider you a, a hobby sports car investor at this point. Absolutely. So <laughs> when when did you, I'm sure because you, you know, you were an athlete growing up. Did you always collect sports cars? Uh, y- yes, mainly baseball. Um, but as far as, as long as I can remember, you know, being able to pick them up and, um, you know, store them somewhere or go through a, a binder and look at them. Um, I, I've generally had them for majority of my life. And, you know, there was a, a period where I, I didn't probably, you know, later high school and, you know, college where I, I was more focused on other things, you know, like, you know, I had my playing career, you know, that I was focused more on and, and along with school and everything. I didn't spend a whole lot of time just going to the store and buying a pack or, you know, looking on eBay and searching for deals and, uh, things like that. But for the most part, basketball and, uh, baseball were the two I've always had. And I've stepped basically clear away from basketball. I, I, I don't pay attention to the NBA as much as I used to, or hardly at all. Uh, but the, the MLB, the, the prospects, the, the baseball side of everything for sports card investing, that's basically been there, uh, for a good, you know, portion of my life there and has basically ramped up to a level where I've never had it before. Um, 
to where I, you know, actually I'm on my own. I can, you know, control my own money. I can, you know, buy whatever I want to now without, you know, any supervision. So, um, you know, I've probably bought more, purchased more than I have probably in my whole collecting, um, career, you know, hobby, uh, from start to finish, I would say. Yeah. So do you have any cards that you, you know, now that you're taking this more seriously that you've collected during your childhood and then, you know, after you started to kind of evaluate and get your strategy down, you've looked at a particular card or two and be like, man, I'm really happy that I kept on to this card because it may be worth something right now. Yeah, no, that that's actually happened a couple you know, major times, um, there's, there's quite a few that will, you know, sell for a, you know, obviously a good margin from what you bought it and, you know, maybe not super high dollar, but, um, you know, that, that period of time we talked about earlier when I was, you know, looking for jobs, I was really bored one day, just kind of looking through all my stuff and just seeing if I could find some, um, you know, some gems in there. And I went through a box and found like two, uh, really, you know, pretty good rookie cards of some really good players um, that are potential Hall of Famers. And, you know, I turned those around, probably cards I got for Christmas and, you know, someone else probably paid, you know, 18 cents to 25 cents a card, you know, out of the box or the pack or whatever it would be. Um, For one of them, I was able to turn around for like, um, I, I think I sold it on eBay the other day at $40 or something like that. So, you know, the margin on that, you know, for, for me is uh, amazing, not putting anything into it, but for whoever bought it, you know, you're looking at 18 to 25 cents a card. Uh, so that's a pretty big turnaround. Now that's not always the case, but, um, you, you will find some like that. And that was one, that was, um, a card I got from 2008, um, that, that now turned around from 18 cents to, you know, uh, graded that goes for over a hundred. I, I don't invest in the grading side of it. Um, cause you know, right now they're all closed anyway, but, um, you know, they, um, they really upcharge the grade. So I just kind of stay away from that for now, but, um, that's happened a couple different times. That's, um, one that kind of surprised me the most recently. So, yeah. So I guess in your research is a lot of it, just you kind of, having the whereabouts and the knowledge of where these players are now, or does it take a lot of manual research like on the internet and, and reading sports blogs? A little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I follow a lot of, you know, baseball anyway from the minor league or well, from college to the minor leagues, the pro careers, and, you know, just spending a lot of time on eBay and some blogs, as, as you mentioned, and um, going to some shows it's pretty evident there, there are really two major or really three major um, areas that sell a lot. And and it seems like it's, you know, vintage, you know, things that are um, I would say seven, you know, in the seventies or older uh, sell and hold their value pretty well if, if if they're pretty mint. Um, And then the um, autographs, you know, whatever period they're in, whether they're, um, whether pros or prospects or, you know, hall of famers or, you know, legends or anything like that. And then the prospect cards have really jumped in value. And I guess it's more of a thing where people like to project out, you know, like almost like playing a stock, playing the stock market or something like that, where they're buying early holding and then 
um, selling when they turn into rookies or when they, you know, finally hit it, uh, have a year where they uh, have a, a really good uh, stat line or something like that. But it seems like a lot of prospects are, are hot right now for a lot of investors and sellers, and uh, they, they, they tend to go um, for, for pretty good margins. Um, as you talk about, 18 to 25 cents for a base card in a, in a pack or a box. Um, you know, you don't always get that when you invest because sometimes people will – um, you know, throw something out there in an auction and you'll pay, you know, $10 for something because, you know, you think this guy could turn into an all-star. If he does, then you could probably turn it around for 30, 40, 50, even more than that. So it just kind of depends on how it's purchased in the first place. Um, you know, and, and what kind of deal you find, cause, cause not everything, uh, turns into a good investment. You know, you'll have, you know, I had a guy when I was younger who I thought was going to be a pretty good pretty all-star had some autographs, Jersey cards, rookie cards. Uh, well, he's, you know, probably spent eight years in the league without really doing anything much. And he probably couldn't get, you know, $10 collectively out of everything that I had, which is, you know, more than what I bought it for or what people bought it for at the time. So. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> it seems like you probably invest more passively in the sports car market than you do the stock market. Um, yeah, in in a way, yes. Um, I do invest in you know the the stock market from you know four hundred one k or you know the Roth IRA. I, I don't stock pick or anything, not yet at least. You know, but I got so much time on my hands, and uh, you know, I sit on Yahoo Finance if I'm not doing anything at work. And then, you know, Jim Cramer and CNBC is on in the background literally every day. Um, so I, I kind of follow everything there. And, you know, as, as, you know, these stimulus packages come in, uh, I, I just figure I'll use my stimulus money to uh, invest in the stock market from that perspective and um, dabble in that and see what that turns into with, you know, a more educated approach now than I've ever had. Yeah. Um, so I guess speaking of investing, um, you know, there are some some things that I've been looking at, real estate being one of them. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, from a higher institutional level, you know, private equity is really big now. Um, you know, people with, you know, big, big bank accounts are essentially going out and buying private companies to flip them, you know, in, in the same manner you um you flip baseball cards. So it's an interesting story that I don't even think I've ever told you before. Um, but one of your favorite rappers, Drake. Mm -hmm. um, so remember that part, put it to the side. So I've been really fascinated with the esports industry since it really got its feet off the ground. And it still am. Like I probably spend a lot of time just reading about, and there's like, two or three organizations in particular, I just follow to the T. Everything they do, I know about it. Um, there was one in particular when I had got to the point where I had decided and was willing to acknowledge publicly that I was not happy with where my career was at the time. And this was last year. And I say, I think, you know, I've made some pretty risky moves and they've all paid off. 
I say, I think this is a time where I'm young, I'm single. I have really nothing holding me back. I'm going to just figure out what, what would be like a dream job or like a one shot opportunity. I'm just going to go for it because if I get it, I can take it. And if I don't, then I don't. At least I can say I try. So there's an esports organization that I decided that I was going to apply to. And they had an operations coordinator position open um, because they were opening like a, they had enough revenue and um, kind of strategic plan that they needed like their own building to house all their players, content creators, the business office for the organization, et cetera. Um, so I applied for this, this role. I actually talked to somebody with the organization. They kind of gave me some advice on what to do. Long story short, I ended up not, not getting it, but it's really interesting because literally the same week that I found out that I didn't get it, they announced they had got a several million dollar investment from the one and only Aubrey Graham, also known as Drake. <laughs> yeah. I was crushed. Oh man, what a what a time to be alive. <laughs> Dude, tell me about it. Did you so, figure that one out right there? <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, so speaking of Drake songs, you know, we we've had our few in college. Uh like Jump Man was always, you know, a, a hobby. Jump Man was, was the best. <laughs> um but what do you think about the song that he most recently came out with? Uh, I want to hear your thoughts, and then I'll tell you my. Talking about the, I, I'll tell you why I think it happened. The the Tusi roll. Yes. Okay. Tusi slide. I mean, sorry. Um, actually, I, I had not listened to the full song yet, but I'd heard. I was, you know, obviously bored right now with you know everything that's going on with the the unnamed virus, but. Um, <laughs> I heard it on on a, a Instagram story, and I was like, "What in the world is this?" So I looked up on Spotify, and you know, there's a new release there. And I was like, uh, "I don't know if I have time for this right now. Let me get into it a little bit later." <laughs> but I, I don't have much comment on it. It was really catchy when I when I listened to it then, um, but I have not put it on my workout playlist yet, um, which is pretty stocked full of some Drake stuff, but, um, uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I got, uh, very little input on, on the full song yet. What, what are your thoughts on it right now? So th this is my opinion and, you know, this is a free country. I'm allowed to have my opinion. Sure. I don't think it's a good song <laughs> at all, but let me tell you why I think it's gonna, it's a song that's still going to win. The way I envision this song coming up, because if you think about it, there was no promo, like there was no heads up. No, no, none at day, all. One day there was just a new Drake song and it was catchy. <laughs> so a lot of people, which even before, you know, everybody had all this time in their hands, was full, like bought in into TikTok, which I think TikTok it just blows up for no reason. First of all, TikTok, and, TikTok was a uh, a knockoff of vocal, but we'll get into that. <laughs> that that's another episode for another time. Sure. But um, I think that a lot of people 
and a lot of, you know, music industry think tanks and, you know, strategic consultants were starting to see there will be songs that have been, you know, average at best. And then it becomes a TikTok trend once the dance is attached to it. Like that. And then it starts to chart. Like that Wiz Khalifa song, like it had, I didn't know what the song was when people started dancing to it on TikTok, but um, it had me like getting, getting the words stuck in my head because it's so dang catchy. So I looked it up on Spotify and, you know, I find myself even still like a couple of days later, still listening to it when it comes through. So, I, I mean, that's a good example that, um, yeah, exactly. It's probably so I just, a good strategy there for, I just see somebody who's close to Drake, who's really smart, go to him and be like, yo, Drake, I know you're chilling right now. Cause you just bought this. <laughs> Cause everybody's huge chilling. Jet. Yeah. You just bought this huge jet, probably in one of your multi 10,000 square, there were tens of thousands square foot mansion, um, you know, taking a chill pill. But I think if you want an easy win, you make a song. And if you integrate a dance into the song on the front end, it makes sense for TikTok. And you do that, you got to bang. And of, of course, he's like, yeah, I would do it. Because literally all the song is, is him coaching you how to do the dance. It's like, the Drake version of the cha-cha slide. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, that, that's another good point though, because I, I think it's just the way we connect with things is, you know, we're, we're interactive um, as a society, but one of his, and it's on it. I'm looking at Spotify right now. It's one of his top five songs and I wouldn't probably put it in his top 50 songs, but it's uh, no, in my feelings, not even close. in my feelings. Um, the, the one song that he has, the one other song he has with a dance. Uh, but everybody dang loves a song because it, it has a dance that rolls with it. So um, yeah. I think it's exactly how, you know, if it's related to TikTok, if it has a dance to it, if, you know, if it's interactive, everybody in America is going to love it. So it's yeah, by exactly. him, I guess. So, but also not to, you know, take credit from Drake. I do think he's an amazing artist. Um, have you ever seen Drake in concert? No, I had not. Um, I've, I think I've seen you talked about this. I've, yeah, I went saw Drake in concert. Um, on a basketball was, court, right? Yeah, it was at um, American Airlines Center. Right. But, like, show production insane. Like, there's stuff that happened during the show I still can't explain. Like bringing like, the car out on the on the court. Yeah, like a full size. No, it wasn't on the court. Like a full size, like Lamborghini floating. Like just, I I just how do you explain that? Um, but <laughs> you know, I I think you know that just goes to show like being able to kind of adapt and modify and, and and i think that's what makes like a really good artist but you know outside of the music industry itself and i kind of put myself in the same box like being able to you know mold myself to adapt to the current situation that i'm in i think you know regardless of what you do or what industry and if you can have a skill like that like definitely helps and if and if you do struggle with it definitely have smart people around you that can kind of coach you through it. Cause I 100% see that being the conversations like 
Drake, make a t- song for TikTok. He's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and to, to take a, a quote from Moneyball, uh, adapt or die, that's kind of the, the theme of literally any sort of business operation there. Uh, I think that's what Drake had to do. You know, um, I wouldn't put it in his top five at all, but it's worth Dude, it. Dude, I wouldn't put it nowhere near. Like, I, I mean, I know Spotify's algorithm put it there based on the amount sure. of distance yeah. it has gotten in a certain time period. But overall, like, don't do not do that. There are so many good, good Drake albums, like full albums that have songs, you know, better, better than that. But, hey, you can't fight it. But, um, Landon, it was a pleasure. I, I think, you know, you gave a lot of good value about, you know, sports cars and things like that. Um, maybe one day soon. We maybe we'll never be roommates again, but maybe we can. Hey, be like I, I, I neighbors. got bedrooms. <laughs> I, I'll and we can be like neighbors, or like I can just we'll get you in the same state first, and then we'll we'll work our way from there. Man, uh, that would be a dream right there, wouldn't it? <laughs> then, then, I, then we wouldn't have to be doing this from uh, five hours away. Hey, but technology is on our side, so we made it work. Yes, yes, invest in tech, that's for sure. Um, so I, I do appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun. It's almost like we were sitting in the uh in the uh overstreet living room again. Yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. Only we, difference was that Shay wasn't there to to uh hit his tail and knock over something. So <laughs> and no no cars getting destroyed enough. No, no no cars, yeah. No no drinks being knocked over by SJ, no cars being hit. No John Walker coming in saying, freak, dude. No boxing matches. No boxing matches. <laughs> no Jackson guitar. No. <laughs> I almost forgot dude, about the guitar. There are so, so many memories. That That is a guitar that would end up, like, if you weren't paying attention, it would end up, like, on top of the house. It, and he'd be like, how did they get up there? It'd be, like, on the kitchen counter. It'd be, like, right in the spot you're going to sit on the couch. <laughs> it took SJ's spot quite a few times, and SJ didn't know it's what like to is, do. Is, is there a ghost in here that keeps moving this guitar? No, yeah, that that's I, – I just was reminding my, myself of that when I was going through that. But, no, that's good stuff. <laughs> well, definitely a good place to stop. You're, you know, you're always welcome to be – uh, a guest on the podcast anytime. I think that'll wrap it up. John, I'm honored. Thanks for having me. If you've made it to this point in the podcast, thank you so much for your support. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you consume podcasts. Be sure to leave a review and share with a friend. Thank you for being here. Stay tuned for awesome content, and I hope to see you on the next episode.